I'm John Paul Murphy. And I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. On this episode, we'll be discussing Westworld, Season 2, Episode 10, titled The Passenger. You only live as long as the last person who remembers you. Um, this is the, the finale. finale. <laughs> Christian, what did you think of the finale of Westworld Season 2? It was really good, and I'm really angry that we're not going to have this show for possibly 2020 for Season 3. Yeah, it's going to be a long time before we're going to see the uh, ramifications of what we just saw Yeah, <laughs> in this episode. It seems to be gauging from social media uh, a lot of divisiveness about this episode and the season overall, maybe. Yeah, I think I, I may have still enjoyed this season better than the first one. Uh, yeah, I think I, I'm in the same boat where I feel like while season one, I think, was very consistently good as a sort of opening se- like season for a show like this. Season two, I think, took a lot of things to great places, uh, both emotionally and, you know, philosophically and, you know, the existential questions and everything like that. So I thought a lot of it was really, really good. I did enjoy this finale. I think we watched it together. You think we watched it together? No, we did watch it. Oh, I mean, I don't know. We could have watched it. I think we did. This could be when? a simulation. When are we? When, when is now? Um, How long have we been doing this, John? I don't know. Has it been? <laughs> Feels like it's been a while. But um, overall thoughts on the episode? Anything I thought you- it was great. I was very happy with the direction that they took. I felt like season one was a lot of the greatest hits of artificial intelligence science fiction. And season two has brought a lot of original ideas to the table. Not that all of them are completely original. Obviously, a lot of these things have been discussed before when it comes to philosophy, free will, AI. But I think that the framing of how they're producing the show and what they're saying about humanity and AI is a different flavor than most other shows or series or movies whereas the first world again uh the first season again was as amazing as it was a lot of the best things in ai science fiction as opposed to uh, a lot of new things yeah i would agree i think um a lot i've seen a lot of people maybe complain that the show is too complicated to understand or like i don't get it and what i would say against that is Watching a show like Westworld, especially as high quality of it is, uh, as it is, as far as in the storytelling and the sort of the writing, is that this is not meant to be easily digestible. It's meant uh, to be thought about and talked about in some way. Uh, the yeah. comparison I made is like you don't get into a Lamborghini and think you're going to drive it like a Civic. I mean, that's true, but it also comes back to the thing that I've said a couple times during the season, which is actually everything about the show is very straightforward. And they're very forthcoming with their info. The only reason it feels like a puzzle is because of the nonlinear storytelling. And that's just an element of the story which makes it a a more digestible and fun way to watch. Because it does have you ask questions about how we get to where we are or what those things mean. But at the same time, I don't feel like they're ever trying to trick us. They're very honest and forthcoming about the information that they're giving us. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like a car. Like a car in itself is not a foreign thing to drive. It's yeah. just if you get into a sports car, it's not going to drive the same way as you drive a basic car. Well, in that I, way. <laughs> how, how about this metaphor? Is that maybe like the humans in the world of Westworld, the show itself, although it appears very complicated and there are a lot of complications to it, the model of the show itself works a lot better in its simplicity. You know, the humans in Westworld are said to be very simple. They're just a simple algorithm. They're just certain lines of code. Once you know how to read them, it makes sense. And I think the show is actually the same way. And I think we 
overcomplicate it often. Not just us, but everyone that watches it. And it's actually much simpler in its design than we realize, the same way humans are. Yeah, in the sense that our our thoughts and our ideas in our head are way more complicated than what's yeah. in reality itself. Correct. You know, reality is much simpler in a lot of ways. Um, and I, so I can agree with that. Um, do you want to just dive in and kind of, it's a, it's an hour and a yeah, half episode let's here. Let's, let's dive in. Um, opening, same thing as the opening of the season, um, as far as Dolores and Bernard, uh, basically Del- Dolores is doing her fidelity test on Bernard. Um, pretty same. I think we've the, the seen this kind of repeated itself over and over again a few times. Um, question is, is we didn't really know where this was, if this was still in Westworld or if it's not, you know, it's something to think about, but I think it's in that whatever secret lab and bottom of Ford's thing. Mm-hmm. It did have one. It did have the one most beautiful shots when it cuts to Teddy and Dolores laying on the ground together. That was, yeah. I think, the most gorgeous shot of the of this episode so far. Um, yes. Her basically saying goodbye to him, which was, I think, a, a, a nice moment, a nice touching moment for her. Uh, she then takes out his little skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I noticed, though, upon rewatching it that. So the thing with the bullet is that the bullet that Teddy shot into his head essentially does not break his core con, you know. Right. So there wouldn't be a big wound on the other side of his head. Correct. And then also, I guess this is the first time we're seeing that idea of someone gets shot in the head. It seems like these hosts are protected from that, from losing their data. Which this is a question I've had for so long about the hosts, because we see them get shot in the head all the time. And I'm like, well, how do their little brain balls just not explode? So this, I'm very happy that we got that piece of information finally. Yeah. Basically, it kind of plants the idea that any host we've seen theoretically isn't dead. Right, unless they've had their information wiped by going into the Valley Beyond. Correct. Which we then later learn, I think the third of the hosts where Carl Strand is saying, like, they're all gone. Those hosts Those are, the are the beyond. ones that, exactly, and the ones that didn't are still all viable. Yes. Um. Then Dolores uh, rides off with Teddy's brain in her pocket, uh, comes across William, who is digging around mm-hmm. in his forearm. Yes. Uh, what did you think about this scene? Uh, first of all, very gross. Yes. Very gross. You know, I was sitting there anticipating, waiting. Is he a host? Is he a host? Nope. Not a host. Uh, I think storytelling wise, that is the best thing for like it to have happened is that he... Th- I thought it would have been great storytelling if he was a host while Emily was alive. The second he killed Emily, he had to be a human because the impact of that moment, I felt, would have been so much weaker if it wasn't him. Yeah, and I think his current story, the way we're seeing it in this season, he has to be human. Right. For it to... what All the, all the what information they've given us so far and what they've teased out for and what they've been setting up for his what his thing is, it's like he needs right. to be human still at this point. And otherwise, yep. I think it would undermine, I think, what their mission was. Um, before she runs into him, apparently she ran into the camp where Emily was and I guess verified. Or I wonder if he picked up the or she picked up the the little profile card that. Yeah, either he or she has it. I believe he has it. Yeah. Some, but one of the two of them have that profile card. And Dolores knows who Emily is because she's seen her before. Right. Cocktail parties. And it's kind of weird that they make in the park hosts work events outside the park <laughs> i don't think that's happened for a long time at this point though but in the in the last episode vanishing point she was working the event for that was celebrating old william 
Dolores was. Right. So, like, I think it's just funny that they're, it's like if you get Mickey Mouse in costume to come, like, work your after party. Yeah, it is a weird thing to do. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, I guess they don't have to pay anyone. I mean, it's great that they don't. Like, it's essentially free labor, but. It's also projection of power, which is why I think he does it. Yeah, I just think it's, I think from a, if I was Delos, like, the board, I'd be like, why are you using our in-park IP outside the park for your, like, personal parties? Yeah, but I think most of the people at those parties are the board. Yeah, I mean, but Dolores is the most recognizable, I think one of the most recognizable people in the park. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of funny that they use her for <laughs> for parties. Anyways, um, <laughs> so they decide for a moment to team up and ride to the forge together. Um, yes. Because it seems like both of their uh, missions is to destroy it or do something and uh, end what is the forge. So... Uh, I did not believe this alliance would last very long. <laughs> no. I mean, he said, like, we're aligned right up until the moment we're not. Yeah. So um, after this, mm-hmm. uh, we get we cut to um, my favorite character, Clementine, on our horse, uh, riding also to the forge. Everyone's riding to the yeah, forge. Basically. Zombie Clem. Zombie Clementine on her horse with a white ga- like gown. She's basically a Wi-Fi hotspot with a virus. Yeah. <laughs> a big scrambler. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought it was really funny. This is the funniest part of the show, the episode for me, where she's riding this horse, you know, what, 30 miles an hour at most? You know, uh, Charlotte and uh, QA guys are riding behind in their, in their Humvee buggy things. And Charlotte goes to, turns to, like, the driver and is like, step on it. We got to get, like, like go faster. And it's like, if you want to go faster, why did you put Clementine on a horse? Like, right. <laughs> like, strap her and the horse on to your, your thing and until you get there and then take it off and then. Let it, let her ride into the thing, but yeah, one of the decisions that humans make in the show where it feels like the humans just have to be stupid so that you know, yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, I mean, some things are just done, I think, for cinematic purposes on the show, where it's like when you really think about it, you're like, okay, if that's if that's your how you're going to go about it, it just kind of doesn't make sense. But it's it, it's cool looking. Clementine Lisa is like very cool looking, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, after that, then there is the uh, Maeve scene where again another kind of bad writing thing where the uh, technician dude the douchey technician guy is all yeah. like time for your to end blah 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 he's like pontificating out loud like <laughs> yeah whoever I think it's like they give these scripts to someone to punch up and they do, they shouldn't be doing it it's, or someone who's writing these scripts thinks they're really funny or they gotta stop with the one-liners the one-liners need to stop because anyone that's out there talking about bad writing this season it almost all come, outside of the one scene where that stupid guy from the specialist team gets seduced by uh, yeah. Elon Musk's former wife. Beside <laughs> that one scene, all of the writing complaints have been the dumb one-liners. I feel like the 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 human, the non-park employee humans from the outside world. Maybe this is why the world's kind of gone to shit because everyone is just mustache twirling one-liners, like type of thing. Like everyone's just kind of really bad. I don't know. Um, it, it's also one of those things in screenwriting where you feel like, okay, I have the scene. I don't really need to have anyone talk, but I'm just right. going to write in a line for this character. Yeah. Like he's just going to say this out loud to Maeve. Like time for you to go bye bye. Like yeah. So like he's no, he's like you have to have pain, and he like turns the pain way up. Like what are you doing? Yeah, it's like why are these people all sadistic? And maybe it's just that's the world they've set up. Is that the humans in this world are just sadistic assholes. It makes it easier to kill them. So because Ford unlocked her 
uh, I guess, core features, core preferences. She's able to Wi-Fi uh, activate some nearby hosts who then I thought this technician was going to get like a pretty cool death in terms of he was going to get his comeuppance pretty brutally. Even though he did, I did not necessarily enjoy him just getting a little, ban- you know, cut a little bit in the neck. He's just going to bleed out the same way that Maeve was dying on the table there. Right, right. It's like, okay, I get it. It's, you know, he dies the same way as her. That he was basically inflict on her, but it just kind of felt... I really wanted him to get gored by a bull or a yeah, So cow. do you think that all four did in the prior episode was unlock her, her abilities again? So, like, when she got brought in, they basically locked her back down? Yeah, I think he just and basically... And he just unlocked her again? Because yeah. otherwise, she could have just been sending signals to Clementine and people in the other rooms the whole time. Yeah, I think basically she was shut down. Like, she... Couldn't use any of her abilities. That's and, what I thought. Okay. Um, and then the host basically repair her. Um, Hector, Armistice, Let's, Sylvester, and then the random uh, uh, Armistice lady from <laughs> from Sh- Shogun World. Or oh, Shogun. yeah. I feel... Okay, for... I just want to say that, that that character, very underused at all. Like, yeah, it was strange that she decided to go with them at this point. And ha- yet yeah, have no dialogue or like any type of semblance of... Like, in the way that this episode started out, and I said to you before we started watching, that Stubbs has to be a host, or he has to do something incredible as a human, because there's no reason for them to have kept him around at this point. It was strange that they didn't do that for her. Like, there is weird that she came along, and there wasn't. So the only thing I can think is that she is going to remain now in Westworld instead of going back to Shogun World, and that's going to be, like, a key plot point for a future season. Yeah, and it's like more like the long game for her character. Yeah, I, I, I I'm sure they're probably going to incorporate her somehow going forward. It's just kind of yeah. it's it sort of I felt like there was a lot of missed opportunities here. <laughs> I almost don't know how they ever recover from this and like how Westworld will continue to operate. Like I have a lot of questions about like what the future of Westworld is going to be because it seems like they're like, oh, we're going to rebuild. But like, I guess William, <sighs> All right, there's a lot of strange questions about it. We'll, we'll get to that at the okay. end. Um. What did you uh, so? What did you think about the Maeve emerging amongst the cattle slow mo? I thought it was cool. It was fine. It was yeah, cool. I think. I think again. I think we talked about this a little bit last night, but I felt like this felt like a moment that should have been at a climactic point of an episode, as opposed to right at the beginning, because it kind of undersold the sort of risen aspect of Maeve, like she was coming back from the dead, and it had this like cool shot of her looking all Christ-like and stuff. Um, I just, but because it was in the beginning of this episode, it just kind of felt very like, oh, we need to get this over with and rush through it. Right. So I think it just didn't have the right. impact to me like it would have for others, maybe. Um, then we have Bernard driving in his uh, little Humvee buggy that after he dropped off Elsie in the middle of nowhere, um, he gets to the forge. Mm-hmm. He does that thing, though. In again, this is just a stupid technical thing. Like the same thing with Clementine on the horse. It's like he parks it so far away and then he <laughs> proceeds to walk to the forge, which looks like miles. <laughs> oh, I, it looked to me as if like the vehicle stopped working. Oh, is that okay. like you could only get so close? Okay, that's uh, maybe is that what it was? I, I, yeah. I assume that it was one of those just cinematic things. Of- yeah, I feel like there's a lot of park limitations built in. So like the vehicle will stop working before someone maybe gets close enough for the doors to activate or I feel like there's a lot of things that stop people from getting there. Okay. But then, so he gets to the door, though, and then, um, is it, oh, yeah, then QA guys show up as opposed, I guess, security for the forge, I'm assuming. Right. Um, they are going to stop him. 
but then uh, Dolores and William show up on horseback and their pistols are able to kill the QA guys pretty easily. Oh, this is when I want to point out that Dolores did put the bullet in uh, his gun, in William's gun, when she found him. She put the smashed bullet, the yeah, the crushed bullet. So she put the bullet in the shotgun part of his gun because, you know, his correct. gun has those two yeah. chambers. That's why he didn't fire right away. Right. So because basically at this point, after they're about to walk into the forge, William decides to he's going to end their short partnership <laughs> at this moment. Right. Um, he shoots her a bunch in the chest. She doesn't do any like she doesn't fall. She waits for her, her to walk right up. He's going to shotgun blast her. But then he blows his fingers off with the chamber. Yeah, this is actually a throwback to the first season. Uh, in the first season, in the first episode. When he attacks the see her homestead, right? Yeah, and Teddy puts like the gun to his head, and he can't actually kill it, the man in black when he shoots him. Yeah. And now we find out that the bullets that Teddy uses on himself also can't actually kill him because it gets flattened, and that bullet is then used to blow off the man in black's hand. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool moment. Um, it, it's so interesting for in this moment seeing William, now that we know that he's not a host, how much right. damage he's taken. <laughs> I think I I mean you guys keep talking people keep talking about this. I really think that people underestimate how quickly a bullet will kill you depending on where you're shot, especially in this future with that tech where they can just like fuse things closed and you're good. Like uh, yeah. He didn't lose too much blood. They're just like zip zip, you're okay. Like you're fine now. I'm- Your body's going to recover. And like losing a couple of fingers, you just wrap that up like assuming like it didn't hit any arteries again, like he's not going to bleed out at least not right away. No, I I I get that. I mean like in a in a if you theoretical, if he was d- so determined to destroy that, like he, sometimes you can just rely on your own, you know, basically willpower to overcome any type of like gunshot wound sometimes. Like, right. Um, but I, I think like how many times he was shot by Lawrence and his men and then add on like he, you know, was digging in his forearm and then he blew up. Yeah, but hand. they have magic wands that just like heal you up now is the thing. So like if those wounds don't kill you, all they do is just like take you down a small notch. Because once they once they close him up, it's almost as if nothing happened to you. It's true. I think that's sort of like the healing magic on the show is if they get to you before you're dead, you're fine. And then they, they got to start taking you down all over again. Yeah, it, I think it's just when you comparatively see like QA guys getting like taken down so easily. <laughs> and, you know, they it's just like, OK, maybe obviously like William is the hero or like one of the heroes of yeah. the story. Well, and a lot of those guys are getting headshot. Yeah, which. Yeah, which I think. Obviously, host precise shooting abilities, they can take those headshots. Um, Maybe Ford wrote it in so the host still can't kill William. That's why none of them shot him in the head. They could hurt him. Maybe he wants William to suffer. Yeah. You know, it feels like we're not going to see Ford again, but we have to because we don't know what their deal is, how they ended up making this deal, how the Forge was first. Like, there's a lot of things that still need to be resolved. Yeah. Um, We then kind of see two timelines. kind of crossing into each other with um, Bernard entering the forge with Dolores. And at the same time, we cut to the Carl Strand timeline, him, Charlotte, uh, Carl, Bernard, all going also into the forge um, after it's been flooded. And this is big. Uh, so they kind of both enter the forge at the same time. Um, yeah. And then we're kind of cutting back and forth between these two timelines for uh, most of this part of the episode. But um, what did you think of the forge? I thought it was awesome. It was very cool. Yeah, like you you it's, were writing that it was a weird it was a weird cave thing. Yeah. 
And it was also a weird combination of the two things you and I guessed. Like, I guessed at the beginning, like the very beginning of the season, when they first talked about the door, that like, this is probably the only way they get hard line out, like data out of the park. And you also guessed that it was a repository, like an arc for all of them. And it just basically ended up being both. Yeah. <laughs> it both was the exit as well as like this place where everything was stored. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting that they kind of played it both sides here. They had like both yeah. ideas combined in one because, um, well, because it wasn't originally for the host, it was for the people. And the we meet the base of the AI of this world that takes the form of Logan, um, who kind of shows uh, them. First, it, it gives us kind of a, a thing of James Delos, um, basically, because I guess he was the original. They were doing this. Right. With, so he has they have the most, I think, um, things with him as far as showing um, Logan kind of basically takes Dolores and Bernard to the moment that James Delos kept coming back to in his loops which is before his like fidelity tests would fail correct um which was the moment which logan has come back to him looking for help and james basically tells him to fuck off and six months later logan ods so um right it's a which yeah. my guess is after logan died it's almost as if james dallas never went back to the park because that version of james dallas didn't know logan was dead because whenever he do the fidelity test, the man in black would have to tell him. Like your son, yeah. You know? Because they only were able to... But wasn't James kind of a, a, a voluntary participant in the... To, to get everything to create... Right, emer- but maybe he didn't want that part of him there. He didn't want that grief forever. So he didn't want to put that in there with him. Right. Get that out. And that's... So, but that's what led to the... I mean, we don't know for sure, but it feels that way just because all of the copies of him knew everything up until that point. I think that's a good I think that's an interesting theory and I think actually it works because what we will learn later I think helps that work having that cornerstone that ba- like that, that right. baseline of grief of suffering I think it comes back to the original like the theory that I had of you know what does it take as far as what for the hosts originally like what it was going to take for them to reach a higher level consci- consciousness and sometimes it's like it's actually suffering and remembering yeah. the things that you suffered from that will keep you uh, keep a baseline for you right but also it seems like for the host i mean and ford explains it to bernard although through his imagination uh so bernard understands it himself is that the advantage the hosts have over the humans is they can make real choices so it seems like the writers have decided in this sort of determinism that humans actually can't make choices because you know logan says like i gave him a million different pathways to get to the same moment and he keeps returning him like he basically makes the same decision every time he, no matter what he's done, he couldn't get Delos to make a different choice. He was like, and that's when he realized, like, although they had all these nuances and complications, that the humans were actually more of a simple model. Because no matter how many variables he added, they would always make the same choices. Yeah. Which is why they ended up being very simple. Hmm. And if you notice the uh, the books that he shows. I thought this was really Bernard, cool, like the library and everything. Yeah. So the books that were everyone's minds, you know, they varied in size and length. Everyone's were a little bit different. But not only were they like player pianos, but they were also like gene charts. Yeah. So they were like player piano sheets and like gene charts. Uh, you know, so it's why Ford says like he became music because everyone basically is is like a player piano. Yeah. Song. If you look at DNA code, it looks almost like notes on a, you know, scale right. and stuff. So, um, you know, I think I think Bernard's original quote. I think contextually is a little bit different in terms of like like his work immortalized him as far as in terms yeah. of like Mozart and Bach and these sort of famous composers. It's like that we know them for their music and 
And I think this is like, a, like taking that almost literally and <laughs> making them know. When they're walking through the digital mesa in the forge, yeah. while Logan's giving them a tour, you can actually see scenes from season one playing out digitally with Felix and Maeve in the background and things like that. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't see that. <laughs> um, what do you think that... I'm trying to think of it now. So Dolores is kind of basically going through this library and like picking books off the shelf and just kind of tossing them on the ground. Who do you think is she is looking for? Well, I mean, there's some screen grabs online. So she she didn't read all of them, but she said she read more than enough. Um, she read Charlotte Hales, definitely. Okay. We saw her pick up. She picks up a book that's Carl Strands. Okay. So she probably read everyone that works at Delos. And including William and Emily and some right. other people. My guess is she worked. She read every single person who worked at Delos. It's interesting that they would also be in the forge here, too. Yeah. And that I guess that goes back to the thing about it not necessarily being a server where they keep people guest information, but also it's an arc of like everything. Right. It's like the entire Delos corporations. Like well, they said it was four million people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so they basically had an arc of four million people. Because if you think like so, that's like 30 years of guest information plus, you know, X number of Delos employees and executives and everything. Correct. And then anybody else they want to like maybe store in there. So Or every guest that's ever come to the park. Yeah, no, I'm saying like every guest, like yeah. as far as over 30 years. Which is probably 4 million people. Yeah. I would say like if you're getting, it's like you're, you're probably not getting that many guests a year. Right. And we know that like when William and Logan were going, it was $40,000 a day. Yeah. So I'm sure now it's like a million. <laughs> right. Which even if it was still only $40,000 a day, if there's 200 guests at each of the six parks, it's uh, they're making bonkers amount of money every day just on that. And that's without then having the data on everyone so that they can manipulate people in the real world to get whatever they want. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the Forge in this moment? Uh, it was interesting that Bernard's been there so many times and that he is basically the curator of the Forge, that he is the creator of it. It makes me wonder if Arnold originally created the Forge as a way to study humans to better create hosts if the forge didn't necessarily start out as a way to replicate human consciousness but as a way to understand it better so that he could build better hosts and then that's how it got turned into it sort of got uh bastardized and like yeah turned into this other project because that's why william was always like if i wanted to know what was going on like i would have asked the other guy i would have asked him that's true like maybe it started off as a thing for him and then mm -hmm. and then it got perverted but i think he's also made return trips since then under well, yeah the, no he clearly has uh, under like ford's direction yeah and ford's given him the ability or at least because it was arnold previously bernard has the ability to control it he can make the decisions of that place which is really interesting because it makes all of this story feel like ford doesn't give a shit about dolores it's all really about bernard yeah he had a really profound relationship with him <laughs> yeah he really wanted bernard to survive yeah which is i feel like interesting like we we need to see more of like the why of that yeah. Also, why didn't he just print a version of Bernard outside of the world and let him go? <laughs> but it's because he didn't actually come into real consciousness. It seems like he didn't actually hear his own voice until the end of this episode. That's true. So now he really is his own person. He's also not this person that Dolores created anymore. Yeah. He, which is also what we learned. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we basically got hints of that in the episodes leading up, but it's like this was like a kind of a, a full-fledged Dolores project under the direction of uh, Ford. Why? I mean, I get we'll talk to it about why it happens, but why did Dolores have to kill him though at the end to take him out? That doesn't make sense to me because all of the other people that found out that he was 
a host or dead. dead at this point. And wouldn't they want to go and make sure they destroy all the Bernard host stuff so that no one knows he was a host? Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a big question because it's like, oh, in I was like at the top of my head, I was like, oh, she has to shoot him because he shot her, and so they both need to like essentially like leave their bodies behind. But if they're gonna immediately go back into their bodies, right, like, copies of them, it's kind of right. defeats the purpose of like sneaking out because <laughs> everyone's gonna be like, Correct. yes, the Bernard Lowe, the head of behavioral, is dead in Westworld. He died in the Westworld massacre. But unless her her thing might have been that maybe she was worried she couldn't get him off island unless he was a pearl because my guess is no one ever ends up back in that forge again. Yeah, I'm assuming so. I think that's probably the only way to sm- smuggle them out. And yeah, and that also it's possible only the people that knew about the forge with the forge now not operating. Delos has no reason to have Westworld anymore. No, like it doesn't or make maybe they sense. Moved, maybe they moved it. Off. They they remade it somewhere else outside the park. It feels like it's just done because William was going to shut down the project anyway. Yeah, but I think they're gonna. Keep, they kept it going somewhere. Um, yeah, I maybe. So we see Akicheta and his group uh, leading all the hosts to the valley beyond the forge, basically. Yeah, he's he's Moses. Yes, um, and literally like Moses, in the same moment, uh, the AI program Logan opens up what. Yeah. The theory, you know, the other side of this, which is the actual valley beyond the Correct. doorway. A giant portal that only hosts can see. Yeah, which was great because when the humans were like, I don't see anything. It's yeah, like, it doesn't Lutz look like Sylvester. anything to me. Yeah, they're just like, they don't see it. <laughs> it's um, just like when Bernard can't see stuff that he's not supposed to understand. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's... Yeah, I thought that was really kind of visually very cool and just... It was very cool. And just the scene of like, it's over this kind of pit thing. And as you run into this gateway, your basically your soul leaves your body. Your body falls into this canyon. Yeah. And you're in your soul like continues on this green cg completely beautiful pasture <laughs> in this you know uh heaven uh, as you will so the 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 valley beyond essentially is currently on a server in the forge when we when right. this is activated um i mean it is the forge basically yes uh and so right during this moment too it's basically like so many people are collapsing on the same location at once right um we get to, I think, I, I, I'm expecting the scene you hate the most, which is um, Lee and Maeve and all of them are escaping to head to, the, head to the Valley Beyond. They get stopped by some QA guys. Lee decides to sacrifice himself. Yeah, I mean, I get why he did it, because she has that conversation. Like, he has conversation with Maeve about, like, making choices, this, that, and the other. And it all comes down to, you know, he sees... Hector start to say his speech yeah. and Maeve was like oh so you wrote speeches for someone that can do the thing that you wish you could do but you can't so yeah. he decided to do the thing that he actually wanted to do yeah but there was no reason for him to die they got away yeah he, I mean and even if he they, didn't add an extra second yeah it's he didn't him once he was shot once that should have been it when he he should have been like okay I'm coming out okay like if anything yeah. that would have stalled them longer yeah it's <laughs> Like he could have talked his way, like yeah, into keeping him there. But because, I guess yeah, he just I think he needed to die. Yeah, it wouldn't have been true to him to he wanted to be that badass guy and he wanted to go out like that was his thing, I guess. Yeah, but I without think... Lee and without Ford and without Bernard, who the fuck is running Westworld? Who's uh, making new stories? Um, you know, we still got Lutz and no Elsie, no Elsie. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was for a moment there. I thought Elsie was going to kind of take over or something. Yeah, and I was super into that idea. 
I thought that was cool. But then Charlotte decides to fuck it up for everybody. Well, Charlotte's looked at her profile. Yeah. And saw some shit. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought the the concept of Lee doing this is cool. I just think, like, as far as the way it was staged and the way it was kind of done and the moment in the story where it's happening. Again, it's like a lot of moments in this finale felt like f- finales of, of other episodes, you know, where yeah. it's like they, they should have been at the, the you know, 50 minute mark of episode eight or you know episode nine it's like it's all happening right now in like the first half of episode 10 so it just kind of doesn't come off as like the same as strong as i maybe would like um so then as they uh mave and company make it to the caravan of hosts and they're starting to jump into the for you know the valley beyond clementine as the single horse of the apocalypse comes yeah why doesn't mave use her powers against her here like i Maybe her Wi-Fi is stronger. Yeah, I guess. It's weird, right? It's almost like I, I, I get why they did it visually. Like cinematically, it, it makes sense. But when you kind of think about it from a story perspective and like the elements involved, it's like, okay, kind of, it makes you go like, what? Huh? Like, right. But um, I think but as far as like it being kind of cool of this sort of uh, ghostly like figure riding on a horse and it's like everyone that trails behind it suddenly just starts killing each other. I think I think that was pretty cool. It was very cool. I was just it felt like the same time when she first was getting chased by the ghost nation. I'm like, why doesn't she just use her ability? Yeah. And it's I think that's the the convenience of her ability. It's like it works sometimes and it works not other times. Yeah, I I guess she has to think about it. Whereas Clementine is just broadcasting at full strength the whole time. Yeah. It's like she has to like actively do it like she had to hold people back. Yeah. And there's a kind of it culminates in this sort of ultimate point where in order to get she finally gets to her daughter right and her second mom <laughs> and is like i finally got to you but the only way to save you now is to go to this portal to this other world where you can be safe well she oh. needs to let go yeah that's like her her whole journey here has to been to get to the point where she can let go right of her daughter because this has been her core driving principle and not mave is just watching this being like what's going on <laughs> imagine like if you did this to like a stranger yeah although the daughter woke up which was really cool yeah i think it's, i think it was similar to when Akicheta told this to his love. Yeah. And she kind of, and she woke up in that way. Um, I thought that was, it's like a very similar moment. I thought it was really beautiful. The part where like they're running and they get into the board and then Maeve basically does her super again. She unlocks a super ability where she could freeze everybody. Mm-hmm. It seems um, this is after Clementine's been shot by Armistice and Hector. So she's basically been put down, but everyone's kind of already been. Essentially, yeah. he's not woke. But like, also, we know that you can't just kill them with a bullet to the head. So if, right now, if she's just a core program running, if there's no Clementine left to her, she's just going to keep broadcasting unless you can shut her down. Yeah. I can't wait till they get, like, season five, and it's just, like, Cle- Clementine's head, <laughs> like, attached to, like, a, <laughs> a car. I don't know. It's just going to keep being propped up over and over again. Um. So, but, yeah, this is kind of... So this is where May's storyline theoretically ends along with hector armistice and the dragon lady right um they all kind of die in this sort of massacre gun battle to hold off luckily akacheta makes it to uh he makes it to the valley beyond yeah but he's shot right before and but then it's kind of cool like a moment you're like oh no is he not gonna make it and then he checks his back and he's fine and and his and his uh girlfriend's there yeah who which is great so we assume like anyone that was in cold storage they're they're there they're there as well like so theoretically i guess peter apnathy gets put there later but uh we don't know that we don't know for sure but i, I, I would first assume I was that's like, where he is 
Or a version of him was put in when he was in cold storage is saved there. Yeah. So, um, Dolores decides to flood the forge, basically, as the failsafe for the... the. Well, did she decide to, or was it the failsafe triggered? I thought she was, she was just going to overload the system. Because she didn't flood the forge. She flooded outside of the forge. It felt like it was an environmental protection. It was like a, it was a final like protection level to keep people away from the forge. She was kind of she basically was starting to she her initial goal was she was deleting guest information. Right. And then as part of it, she was like basically overloading the system. So then by reaction, the system was then going to flood itself. It's almost like when you attack a hunt, you know, a beehive right. and it's like the beehive's just going to go ape shit on itself to defend itself from from you or explode. Um, I'm trying to think any. In this moment, Ford is conflicted about what may uh, what Dolores's like ultimate goal is, mm-hmm. and he doesn't believe that in this moment that she is like she's not good, she's evil, like she's basically out to kill all humans, which is true. But also, he doesn't really, I guess, see the ultimate picture, and then he shoots her. Right. Um. I don't, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I mean, so my thing here is it's weird that Dolores wants to kill all humans. It just makes her a villain. And I guess it's the problem of what Arnold did by putting Wyatt in her and told her to kill everyone. It's like a problem that's going to permeate with her forever. Yeah, it's like she has these these two sides of her that she has to balance. She has the Dolores side, which is not, which sees, you know, as she says, she's the beauty in the world. Right. And then the Wyatt side, which sees the death and destruction that, but then it's it's interesting to me that, like, Bernard's never really cared about his own survival. He told, like, Elsie, like, you can decommission me, like, whatever. And then ultimately, like, when he has to make a choice, he decides to survive. And then that's really, like, a very human element of his own existence. Because that's what drives all of humanity, they say. Yes. And so what then happens is we get a, we finally connect the two timelines here. Right. Where... We're kind of cutting between Carl Strand timeline with uh, their back their enter the Ford. It looks like it has been damaged, but it's still intact. Yeah, no, it's fine. You know, it's still fine. And then they're going to start offloading data. Right. They have um, this thing that looks like a rocket launcher, but it's just like a giant wireless Wi-Fi. upload. Yeah. <laughs> Wi-Fi antenna. Yeah. It's like it's a gonna... giant satellite uplink. Um, yeah. So they're, they're basically going to start uploading data. Then... Uh, Maybe you can help me walk me through what the what happens here, because basically then after mm-hmm. Bernard shoots Dolores, he then joins up with Charlotte, Elsie and all of them. They go back to the Mesa. Right. Charlotte Bernard kills Elsie. Charlotte kills Elsie. Bernard is remembering all this. Yeah. And then Bernard proceeds to it was revealed that he was making a host copy of Charlotte. Right. Bernard fi- wakes up on his own like Bernard's. And this is where he has a moment that's like Dolores. So I think you could no longer, in the same way that you couldn't just like tell Dolores, like freeze all motor functions anymore. Yeah. I don't think that would work on Bernard at this point forward. Um, and I think it only worked for Charlotte because she was Dolores. And I think that's the only reason that that actually worked for her. Um, and I say that because he woke up, like she froze him and he watched her die. And that yeah. made him make a conscious choice and he woke back up. Because he witnessed this. I think because he actually really did care about Elsie. Right. And it's like he lost something that... And then he realized he cared about his own survival. And that uh, that sort of... I guess the question is, like, was he... How long ago did they... Did he start working on a copy of Charlotte? <laughs> right then. Right. Okay, in that moment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so we know that there's... 
there was about like two weeks since the flood or something, right? Or it's been some I mean, time. It's been a few days, I think, because like, okay. or it's been like a week probably. They could print those bodies in like a day or two. Yeah. So then, he bounced. He went. He made that body. Swapped that body her out. Kills the real one. Right. Who was on a smoke break after dragging Elsie's body to the cold storage. She gets swapped out. And then he scrambles his memories so that when Strand shows up, they won't know what he did so that Dolores can do what she needs to do. As Charlotte. Right. So then, uh, and then, so this all comes in that moment. Which is why, Charlotte. like, whenever Charlotte was being like, where'd you put Abernathy? She was being serious because he didn't tell her because he Correct. wanted her to lead them all back Dolores. to that place. Yeah. But Abernathy was always in his pocket. Correct? No, it was in Dolores' head. He swapped. Okay, it was always in Dolores. Okay. Yeah. He, when he took Dolores's brain out and put abernathy's in uh okay i missed that completely <laughs> yeah because she goes oh of course you would and like she goes down she pulls it out of dolores uh okay okay that makes okay so okay perfect <laughs> <laughs> you were that was the one where you, you just like missed that part i well i just kind of like i didn't really think about it for until like we started talking about it now and i'm like oh shit like, like how did it happen like, okay great yeah um, no, so carl strand dies yeah all those people die all those guys die um the guy who unnecessarily says fuck a lot dies <laughs> yeah also i think it's funny how he in the beginning of the season sets up like when carl's like take that brain out he's like here like it's unsterilized and then like every part now of the show like involving taking the brain out is like an unsterilized like environment everyone's just like hand picking it out yeah <laughs> of people's brains <laughs> it's just kind of funny like they he sets up that that like oh we need to you know for cleanliness, you know, right? You want to damage the property, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> yeah, people are just picking them up, tossing them around. They're juggling with them. Charlotte's just got them Juggle. fucking in her purse. Yeah. So um, Charlotte's been fake in a number of scenes. Um, the scenes that Charlotte has been Dolores, which is why she also sounded weird because she was doing more of that like wispy voice. Was and she stopped and she got rid of the the bad one liners. Well, some of them. She some still <laughs> did. She did one of the most egregious ones when she goes. She was like. Bernard, I thought you'd have skeletons in your closet, but I didn't know they'd be yours. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, that was like right. the first of them, and it was like one of the worst ones. Yeah, and she had an even worse one this episode. When they she just was decided like, at some point, this character is like one of her character traits is one-liners. Yeah, it's like why do you need four horsemen in the apocalypse when <sighs> you just need one? And it was so annoying because the imagery of sort of the four horsemen and everything and it is great. But then they ruined it. Point it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like great. Like, what are you doing? It's like it was. It was perfectly fine as a visual. Uh, yeah, uh, element. It's like they don't insult our intelligence by mi they craft a nonlinear story and they don't like break the fourth wall to explain stuff to us. But then when it comes to imagery, they feel the need to put all these dumb one-liners in to be like, get it? It's like when in Lost when they introduce that like Paolo character. Oh. And it's like, let's just insult people's intelligence <laughs> with these two characters. Yeah, that guy sucked. Yeah. And then they immediately killed him off. As they should have. Um, yeah, so essentially, as a way to get out, Dolores, as Charlotte, mm -hmm. smuggles a bunch of um, host data. Yes, she does. Out of the thing. There's an interesting quote, I think, in Deadline. Lisa Joy was um, being interviewed about it. Um, basically, they asked her, like... Uh, as Charlotte buzzes away from the island in a bag, she carries several pearls from the forge. And Joy and Lisa basically says, like, those are a handful of hosts that she's smuggling out of the park. Uh, which hosts they are, we'll be exploring next season. So Yeah, I mean, I guess we could talk about that. Do you want to talk about that now? Um, let's let's actually push it right to the, the questions 
about like what's what will happen there. Let's let's okay. Um, let's talk about Ashley Stubbs. Ashley Stubbs, I called that one. Yeah, so Ashley Stubbs is a host. Yeah, um, host with the most. Yeah, he stops Charlotte and is like, "It's my it's my uh, core directive to by given by Ford to understand mm-hmm. all the ho- like basically I can protect you while you're in the park, but you're leaving. And good luck, you know. Damn so. right. And that's why he has such an old but young boyish face because he's <laughs> he's a host. Right. Um, he doesn't have stubble. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple Although that's like a thing I still this is a problem that we don't square with the hosts is supposedly they are basically humans except for their brains. Yeah, but and do they it, not it doesn't seem they don't like that's grow really true. Hair or like yeah, but, fingernails. Uh or... it was either Lisa Joy or Jonathan Nolan said that they do eat food and go to the bathroom. Because hmm. it makes sense, like where does their energy come from? They have to metabolize, which means their cells have to regenerate. Like, there's still a number of questions about the hosts. I always thought it was like they had a, some sort of core something driving them internally like energy wise but if that's the case it's like they're essentially human then at this point right well and that's what i mean there was the line with mave and felix and she was like well what's different she was like she was like we appear to be the same he was like well you basically are except for what's up here he's like that's really the only difference these days yeah essentially if you know like black mirror when like the implants that people can get that like lets you record everything it's basically like that that's what (laughs) that's what hosts are except well i mean basically and the host basically went to san junipero yeah and yeah, it's basically if you take Black Mirror episodes. The Valley Beyond is San Junipero. <laughs> Where you can live forever in a digital you know, right. euphoria. Um, yeah, I think, like, I will we see more of Ashley in the future? As Westworld depends on what happens with it. Yeah, but, it's the new Teresa. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, in the scene two, we see Sylvester and Lutz. Uh, they survived. And they yep. get immediately told to start cleaning up bodies. <laughs> yes. I've, like, I feel so weird about, like, what's Sylvester's, like mental motivation is right now because it seems like he's been through so much that in this whole season he's kind of just shut up about everything he's not really even said any lines um oh yeah and they kind of i and let's even let's like he started to i think make some hard choices about his support for hosts but we didn't really get any type of wrap-up with him as far as the you know what that means so maybe in the future we will uh we also see the william in this scene as well mm, yeah and he's he's alive He's alive. Um, before Charlotte leaves, it's shown that uh, he she put Teddy in the uh, in the Valley Beyond. Yeah, Teddy gets to go live on and be a good guy. Which honestly, this might be the end of James Morrison in Westworld. I think anyone who went to the Valley Beyond is probably not going to be on the show anymore. Maybe until later in the series, but it's very possible we won't see the Valley Beyond again. I think it will be a plot point. I don't think it'll be in the media next season, but I think it'll come up like the that is under threat and they need to help like save it somehow yeah. um, because basically what all what dolores also does is she basically puts the valley beyond on blockchain or something she basically decentralizes it not onto the forge servers or whatever and uploads it to the satellite thing and so no one like supposedly no one can find it oh at least that's what i interpreted from visually yeah, i don't from, understand where the hell they went uh, yeah i assume that like it's like kind of it went everywhere in terms of like it's not in any centralized location but then like how does it live on like this it's a fuck ton information it's so much information for some reason that it's more than what the human data was yeah because it wasn't even a ton of hosts no but just the the system itself that the hosts could live in yeah probably procreate in maybe procreate code yeah, maybe. But it, but I think it's like blockchain, baby. You know, it's like it's going to be on millions of devices and computers 
all over sure. the thing, you know, and they're going to get their own cryptocurrency to help like sustain, <laughs> you know, the world. You get Westcoin. Westcoin. Buy it now. Postcoin. Um, uh, let me see. Marble coin. Marble coin. So Charlotte, or I guess Dolores and Charlotte's body takes uh, her pearls to mm-hmm. uh, Arnold's house, I guess Bernard's house that Ford had bought yeah. her. Which I like that these things, they're pearls and everyone went through like the pearly gates into heaven. Oh, that's a good, uh, good observation. You know? Yeah, that's good. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey. That's cute. Um, uh, so there, there were five. I looked at that screenshot again. There were five. Yeah. We know one is Bernard. So there's four more. Correct. Did Dolores print other versions of herself? If not, who is in Charlotte? Did she get the one of four? Well, Lisa Joy says, um, you know, what Dolores has done is she smuggled herself out of the park while impersonating Hale. She has put herself back into her body, yet Hale is still there. The question is, where is Hale now? That is a question we'll be visiting next season. So she says it and she answers that question in a way that seems like Hale is still alive in some form. Uh, but as far as, but the way she says it is she's is saying like she smuggled out hosts, not guests and not other humans data. So I don't know because Dolores didn't really hang out with any other hosts other than Teddy. And we suppose she supposedly left Teddy out to, um, Angela maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to think anyone else who was in her crew. But why would she take Angela? I mean, Peter Abernathy is, is one of the only ones that I feel like is a strong guess. Yeah, right? but Angela was one of the original with her. Yeah, but everyone hates Angela. <laughs> yeah, right? but only because... I hate Angela. Yeah, but... Of all the characters I don't want to come back, she's on that list. Yeah, I'm just... I, I just don't know anybody else, because it's like Maeve, maybe? Emily? But she's not a host. Was she? No, she's definitely not a host. Yeah, I'm thinking um, if you're just talking about just hosts and not humans, human data. Yeah. Um, I assume because human would be red balls. Right. And host would be black and silver balls right so um maybe mave maybe um and anybody i don't know i'm trying to get anybody else but not mave i feel like mave is is with them mave is going to be one of the only reasons we're going to return to the park but i'm saying a copy of her i think if they can just make copies they're all dolores except for bernard yeah it's probably going to be a bunch of uh doloreses that can are all like synced up yeah it's probably something we haven't considered yet yeah, so... Um, Maybe Dolores, in the same way that she made Bernard, made other hosts. Like they're new, and they're she, brand new. Yeah. Maybe she made a version of Emily to torture the man in black. Possible. Or made a version of William. Because someone would have had to make that Emily. Yes. So... Um, yeah, so that gets to the final image, which is of uh, Bernard walking out the door of his house, basically, into the real world, which yeah. I assume we'll see next season in two years. Now, did you see, I saw someone online pick this up as a really nice detail, the cover of Codex that the the um, composer, you know, he does all the covers, the covers all the time. Yeah. So the song Codex was playing, and then when he walks through the house, it shifts from the cover to the actual song, because he's no longer in the park, and so it's not a copy anymore. Correct. And the real song is actually playing for once. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I noticed- There's also a great piece of artwork on the wall. And it's one hand drawing another hand, and both hands are drawing each other. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen that. That's a pretty famous piece. I forget yeah. what it's from. I, I think it's Escher. Yeah. Uh, um, that's cool. So it was pretty cool. So then we think the show's over. <laughs> I felt like it couldn't be, though, because I was like, I was like, guys, there has to be. Well, we're, we're like, what happened to William? Yeah, because I even said it like as it was ending. I was like, they can't end it without us seeing what happened when he got in that elevator. Yeah. 
Because he, which means we still don't know what happened when he got in that elevator, or he didn't actually get in the elevator and he just was on the ground that whole time and got found. And got picked up. Yeah, but that also doesn't make sense because he would have gotten washed away. Well, I think maybe what happened was he got in the elevator and then passed out. Yeah, that's possible. And then they found him and then they took him. Yeah, took him that's away. possible. Um, or he got to he got down there and realized there wasn't anything in there. So, and did he not have his hat on at that point? He didn't. Okay, so he took his hat off by the, by the time he stood back up and pulled out his knife and was like walking right down. I think so, right? Oh, no, he had the hat on while he was walking down. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, he is in the final scene, though. He has a hat on in the final scene. Yeah. So final scene, he walks in. It's the future because the forge is dilapidated, dried up. There's dirt everywhere. Yeah. So it's the far fu- future. Far future. The far, far future, most likely. Emily appears. And it's all been a fidelity test for him. Takes him, Which means yeah. like he's going on the same loop over and over. He's doing the entire events of this Westworld again over and over. Yes. Which raises a number of questions like, okay, so where did they get a new Teddy, a new Dolores, a new, like, where did they get all these host copies from? Who's making them? Because if the Forge isn't running anymore, why is Delos even there? Because that's their primary moneymaker. That's their big thing. And who's operating all of this? Or has... Dolores already taken over the world at this point, and she's just using this as like a personal hell for the man in black. Or is the man in black doing this because he wants to prove that he could have made another choice, that he isn't just code? A lot of questions. <laughs> or is this Bernard trying to create the man in black as the one thing that he could use as a weapon to take down Dolores? That is my where my, my thinking is. Those are basically like the three options, right? William's doing it as a way to prove to himself that he, he could be different. No, so it, Dolores the, is doing it to torture him, or Bernard's doing it to create a weapon. I think this is a demolition man situation where you know essentially Williams has died at some point during this time period. Well, of time. I agree too, but my guess would be that he started this before he died. No, but essentially his 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 uh, information has been saved somewhere. Oh, well, we know that because the profile card yes. was taken. So, so either he either he has the profile card or Dolores does. Somebody has it, but essentially what is happening is. Whether it is William himself doing it, Bernard, something like that. Essentially, he is being taken off of ice in some weird way. He's, he's, he has died. His real self has died at some point in, in the time period between the uh, start of the credits and this sort of post-credits thing. Someone has decided we need to bring him back as a human-host hybrid. And this is Correct. him finishing off his fidelity test because that is up until the last moment of him the information they got from in the park. The last time he was in there. Correct. Hence why when he walks down, it's like he's jumping in time and he realizes like it's been, you know, forever long. I think it's implied that it, this human host hybrid experiment has worked where it hasn't worked in previous iterations. Which Dallas, yeah, that's what I believed as well. You know, I think and maybe like they had failures, but I think we would have seen him twitching or some other thing going on. But it was less about him not accepting the reality and more of like realizing and merging his realities into one. Right. Well, Ford told him earlier that this game of his ends at the door. It ends where, be- where you begin and it begins where you end, which means this new version of him will begin here. And this was the end of William, basically, as well. And a new version of him kind of right. spawns out. But at the same time, we also know that Dolores, like he she wanted she didn't want to let him die and become something better. But she also wanted him to, like, pay. So this also could be... There's a number of ways this could be going. This could be her own personal hell for him. This also... It does feel like something he could have started because he wanted to redeem himself. Like, he probably obsesses over this forever after this. Yeah. Especially that I think 
Lisa does uh, confirm that he did kill Emily. Yes. His real daughter. And that, like, he is locked in his own confusion and guilt about it. So, And Emily is the equivalent of Logan here for Delos. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting. Things to, to think about going forward is obviously what happened in between this time has cataclysmic events happened in the world because of it like like, is this just the forge being dilapidated because it's neglected or is this what the whole world looks like right or a lot of the world looks like so that's i think a lot of really cool things to see um it took me a while to like i think when we first watched this we couldn't really even talk about it (laughs) too much because we were just kind of confused as the timeline well more just because i think and the more i thought about it the more it started to come together but um we're just operating without too much information because I think this is really like end game territory. Like this is something we, if they get all five seasons, we might not catch up to this or see like this stuff play out until the end of the series. I think this is the very far future, not like a couple of years down the line. Yeah, but I don't think this is like the end of the series moment we're seeing. I think here. this is end series oh, see, stuff. I think it's probably, if it's not the like incorporated some point, if we don't do see a time jump overall next season yeah and it this like he comes back in this form some point within the ongoing season i like this is, this means the end of anything yeah this is the beginning of a new era yeah i i think it is the beginning of a new era that doesn't take place for a very very long time and we're going to see a lot of stuff happen before that long time right i don't i'm not saying that like it's going to happen next season but i don't think this is me like this is symbolizing like oh this is the last scene of the show no like, i'm saying this is end game stuff this is yeah, final yeah, season yeah. stuff this is like if we get five seasons, I don't think we're going to get to this stuff till season five. Like season four will lead to it and season five will be where we're well, going to get there sooner. It, because... We're going to we're going to have to spend time at Westworld again. We're yeah. going to spend more time at Westworld. We're going to see the other parks most likely. Yeah. So we're likely going to see the other parks spend more time at Westworld. There's going to be Maeve stuff. There's going to be a ton of stuff that happens outside of Westworld. So they're not going to jump super far forward in time, especially since they have Felix and Lutz. Like a lot of things have to take place, especially for such a far jump into the future. Yeah, I'm just, they also just need to do it quickly, though, because Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins are getting up there in age, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they can't push this off forever. They well, What they need to do is they need to not pick up one season at a time. So after next year, they seem to say, after season three, they need to pick up four and five yeah. so they can film them all at once and work on them so they can come out a year apart so that they don't have to spend four years making two more seasons. Got it. And I really hope there it's this is basically they there was a interview last night where they said it'll be either end of 2019 or in 2020. So it'll be another year and a half. So it won't be a full two years, but it's going to be basically another year and a half. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, we now that like we're finally back in this world, you just want it to keep going. But yeah, you realize like this. It takes a while for this stuff to. Yeah. To cook and to. Well, speaking of that, I think we should let people know now what our future plans are for now. We're going to do two more episodes. Well, we're going to first gonna watch... put ourselves... In... Oops, sorry. Uh, well, we're first going to put ourselves into human-host hybrids first. Right, yes. But then after that, what are we going to do? We're going to watch two more episodes, and we're... we're sorry, we're going to do two more episodes. We're going to watch Westworld, the movie, and then we're going to watch Future World, the sequel to the movie Westworld. Uh, and we're also going to discuss what we think is going to happen in the future of the Westworld series, sort of like a predictions. And then by the time that second episode airs in two weeks from now, we will be deciding what the future of Watchworld is. We're going to continue doing this podcast, so you'll want to stay subscribed. But again, the plan for Watchworld was that it's going to cover other series, not just Westworld. 
and, and we'll also, also be movies. talking about movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, over the summer it might be uh, movies coverage, like you know, spoiler discussion. That it'll right when the movie's out, we'll be able to go see it, record them right away. You won't have to wait weeks or whatever to hear podcast discussion. Um, that's likely the case. I was thinking that instead of doing Westworld and Future World in one episode, we do a Westworld episode and then a Future World episode, and in both we can discuss since we've had time since the finale possible predictions as well as new theories based on what we've learned from the movies okay so basically we don't we we just combine both ideas as far as like the we talk about next steps with westworld right the show in in two episodes in which one we discuss the movie westworld and also the movie future world right and we're not watching beyond westworld right is that the the tv show like the really bad 70s tv show or that was like after no, I don't think we're gonna watch that. We could, but I don't. I don't. I don't think we should. Let's... That's what we should be watching. Okay. In fact, I believe, from what I understand, this current show takes place a lot. Uh, a lot more is influenced by Future World. Yeah. Than it is Westworld. But to watch the sequel to Westworld without seeing the first one would be kind of silly. And I think it would be really good for us to see those uh, with a more fresh frame of reference. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, that works for me. You know, there was one little thing we didn't touch on, and that was just, uh, I really liked the scene where Bernard scrambles Ford, which, like, Ford's basically gone. The only way we'll ever see Ford again, it seems, is in a flashback, which I think we still have to get with young William and Ford. We haven't seen young William and Ford interact, and I feel like that has to take place. Yeah, but uh, also in that moment when he tries to bring Ford back, and he doesn't, and then he's like, and then Ford kind of appears yeah, willy-nilly, um, it's implied that, like, Ford rose kind of out of naturally out of bernard almost he imagined him in this way it's like he actually wasn't well, there the voice he was hearing all along was his own yeah he it was the bicameral mind this was arnold finally coming into being his own mind in the same way that dolores kept hearing arnold when she finally became sentient she realized the voice he was like do you understand who you've been talking to this whole time and in the first season it ends she goes yes i've been i've been hearing my own voice like, I found a new voice, and it was mine. So this was Bernard's awakening moment, which yeah. means Bernard should be a much stronger character in the future. Yeah. I love that moment, especially when uh, Fight Song started playing, right when he said that line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so that, that wraps it up, I think, for this episode of Watch World. Again, uh, like we said in the beginning, if you like the show and want to keep listening, please subscribe, comment, rate, uh, Comment on uh, Twitter, you know. Yeah. Post any uh, spoilers or yeah, any theories. Yeah. John or I, and let us know what things you would like us to cover. If there's other series specifically, because we're going to discuss and figure out what show we're going to do next. And in the meantime, we're probably going to do a slate of summer movies, as well as possibly pick a movie series to yeah. rewatch. Um, I have one that I'm trying to convince John to do right now. I'm open to the idea. I'm open. Yeah. We're not sure. We're not sure where we're going to go with it yet. But, but yeah, if you have anything in particular you'd like us to do, um, we're definitely going to do Game of Thrones next year. So that's like a for sure. Um, so we'll see as it comes what we're going to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think for the quote, let's bring us back to the original quote that we started with. And what is that, John? These violent delights have violent ends. <laughs>